Hi, this is Jonathan Keller. And this is John Girardi. Back with another episode of Life, Family, Liberty, the podcast from California Family Council. And lots of exciting stuff to talk about. We, we didn't quite get an episode recorded last week. It's just been that busy, whirlwind, hectic of a time. But let's come up with other excuses. That's true. Well, the sun was in our eyes. That's, that's true. That's possible. We, were, we did have some great events, though, last week uh, in Sacramento. We had a great lobby day, lots of legislation happening that we're going to talk about towards the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And then we got to meet uh, your wife's former congressman. Or a congresswoman. congresswoman. Yes, we did. We got to meet Michelle Bachman. My wife uh, grew up in her district up in uh, north of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. So very cool. Yeah, well, great partnership event with our friends at Family Research Council down in Orange County, and mm-hmm. exciting to hear what they are doing both in California and around the country. Uh, many of you don't know uh, that we are actually the state affiliate for Focus on the Family as well as for Family Research Council, Alliance Defending Freedom, and Citizen Link. So it's always exciting when we can partner with our national uh, affiliates to do some of these great events and have a couple of those we wanted to share with you today. Um, We wanted to let you all know about an event that's happening in Fresno, California that we are sponsoring. We are having the father of presidential candidate Ted Cruz Pastor Rafael Cruz will be coming to speak to Fresno in an event that'll be open to other pastors and faith leaders throughout the Central Valley. It'll be hosted at Cornerstone Church in Fresno. That'll be this upcoming Friday, April 29th. You got it. April 29th uh, at Cornerstone Church from 4.45 to 5.45 p.m., here That's right. in downtown Fresno. Yes, and there uh, there may be some after-party events that we're doing as well afterwards, so if, if you want to stick around afterwards... Even we'll, if you're not a faith leader... Just um, save the date. We'll just put it that way. There you go. But we're really excited. This is actually the second time that California Family Council has partnered with these different other groups, uh, Pastor Franklin and Cornerstone Church and the great friends that we have at AM 1680 The Answer, the local... Salem Media Affiliate here in town, radio station. Yes, sir. When we did this event with Pastor Cruz two years ago, it was open to the public, uh, but we also did it in convention with a pastor's outreach. In conjunction, even. In conjunction, that's right. (laughs) Uh, In a convention center, but in conjunction. That's right, both of them. Uh, But when we did it two years ago and as with this time, we're trying to reach out to, beyond just the general public, one of the things we do at California Family Council is really try to make an impact in the faith community. Uh, We've done several really great events these last two years that I've been here. And John, that was actually one of the first events that you did when you came back on staff, right after you moved back from uh, Minnesota. No, not Minnesota. From Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Tell us about that event, the Protecting Your Ministry event we did in November. Yeah, so we had two representatives from Alliance Defending Freedom uh, come out to put on a workshop for pastors uh, called Protecting Your Ministry. And effectively what what this presentation was for was to educate pastors and other church leaders about how they could protect their churches, their ministries, through their bylaws, through all kinds of other aspects of how they run their ministry, how they could pr- protect them uh, from lawsuits relating to uh, sexual orientation and gender identity, non-discrimination laws, lawsuits for discriminating against someone on the basis of sexual orientation or something. So it was a very good workshop, and it had a lot of useful information for churches on how to continue to keep your ministry engaged with the culture and effective without 
getting hosed and getting sued and losing everything you got. Yeah. So uh, it's a it's in a layman's good idea. terms. In layman's terms, yeah. So it's a good idea. California Family Council is hoping to sort of take that show on the road with Jonathan and me, uh, since I'm an attorney and Jonathan has done stuff with PR and can learn it, how to. It'll be like this every buddy cop movie you've seen, but with pastors and legal stuff. Yeah, and so. we're both white guys. So. That's that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, neither of us is a renegade either. We were both homeschooled. Yeah, we're we're yeah. we're yeah we're fairly straight laced. I'm gonna need your badge, killer. That's anyway. right. Gosh, this this part is getting cut from the podcast. No way. No, no, no. you okay. got to keep this part okay. in. Come on. All right. Here we go. So, yeah, so that's uh, one of the things we do. And also, you know, if you are a pastor and your church bylaws were written by, you know, the secretary and, you know, Uncle Bob, like, you know, 50 years ago, and you're thinking, uh, maybe we could look at this a little more closely— you know, get in touch with us. Uh, we have resources with ADF and, you know, resources here that we could help you, you know, try to redesign your church bylaws to protect yourself from the possibility of lawsuits or anything like that, but also uh, in a way to design them in such a way to let you know about what kinds of rights you have as a pastor to engage with the political arena in a way that safeguards your church's 501c3 status, but nevertheless is still impactful and culturally yeah. engaging. And that's, I think, one of the things why we're so excited. When we were doing this event back in November, it, it really was kind of a defensive uh, outlook. We said, look, yeah. we, we want to protect your ministry, but we also don't want churches or pastors to stay kind of on the sidelines. We don't want yeah. them to just be waiting for bad things to happen right, to them. Exactly. I mean, a great way to protect your ministry is to never say anything controversial Exa- ever and, exactly. and just sort of, you know, pat people on the back and, and affirm them in, you know, whatever. But but I think as we uh, I think as we look through Scripture, you know, it's pretty clear that... It's probably not the best way to be. No. Different people in both throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, and and throughout church history, they did not shy away from controversy. In fact, no. w- one of the slightly tongue-in-cheek things that I've heard when people have said, well, you know, gosh, where can we find in the Old Testament that there's that much teaching on, you know, marriage? And, you know, shouldn't we keep our shouldn't we keep our opinions on marriage and things just kind of to a, a private set of things? And, well, look at John the Baptist. He literally lost his head over his opinion yeah. of marriage. <laughs> he told a, a a political leader, hey, it's not right that you are sleeping with your brother's wife. And as a result, he lost his head. So we're uh, we not encouraging pastors that that's how far you're going to have to go. We don't expect any uh, beheadings or uh, in you know prison sentences I, or I anything. I hope not. I, I, I mean, otherwise we're in, you know, <laughs> that, this we're, will we're be in different, big trouble. Uh, we, we will be like, uh, like Mark Levin, we'll be bringing you the next podcast from a Secret underground bunker, if that's the case. Is but, he broadcasting from? A not really. Oh, that's that's just okay. what he always All says. Right. Okay, <laughs> but I, w- I wasn't sure how seriously he was taking. No, himself. no, I, I I don't think he's not actually uh, hidden underground. Not like Art Hugh Bell Hewitt or will actually be broadcasting from an underground location. Which will be his home. That's which, true. The address of which will be kept secret. That that will be house. confidential. Yeah, so that yeah, will be confidential. that's referencing John and I were actually on the Hugh Hewitt show. We'll, we'll yes, we will. We, we we were we were rather. Yeah, we we'll post that audio from the show on our website as well. So we'll we'll cross link that, and you can listen to our appearance from uh, the Hugh Hewitt show. Yeah. But the reason that we're wanting to bring Pastor Cruz in, like we said, is we want pastors and ministries and church leaders to really feel empowered and equipped like you were saying, John, to to know what their rights are, because Mm -hmm. there are certain things, obviously, as a 501c3, we cannot endorse or directly, you know, 
oppose or support candidates for any public office. Right. That, including including right now Ted Cruz, like that, which, which we are not that we is are correct. not doing. To, to, so. to clarify, yeah. we are having Ted Cruz's father in town. Rafael Cruz. But you know, if if uh, John Kasich's son or you know Donald Trump's nephew was a strong uh, advocate of religious liberty, we'd be happy to have them come in. Heck, if, if Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders' relative, their long-lost cousin was, you know... If Bill's coming. Yeah. If Bill's coming. <laughs> we would be more than happy if they hey, aligned with Bill, us. Bill, Bill signed... Uh, the, the, That's uh, true. The, the Religious uh, Freedom the, Restoration the, 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 He signed RIFRA. I mean, he did. What, a, what a great hero and, of religious liberty. And, Bill the, and the Defense of Marriage Act, the original... Yeah. Religious Freedom Champion, Bill Clinton. We can certainly acknowledge and thank... Thank, you know, people who from all sides of the political spectrum who do good ag- things. agree with us on these issues, these right. crucial issues of life, family, and religious liberty. Uh, but part of the reason that we're bringing Pastor Cruz here is, like we said, we, we want pastors to know exactly what their rights are. We want them to be equipped and mobilized so that come June, mm-hmm. they will be able to make educated pronouncements from the pulpit, from uh, June lectern, and November, both both cases. But coming up immediately, a lot of people are are only focusing on November. But California is really going to have a crucial role to play in this this nominating process, right, yeah, John? Yes, we will. For the first time in in years, uh, California's primary is actually going to matter, and it's kind of interesting the way it's structured. Cal- California doesn't really have one presidential primary. We actually kind of have fifty three. Yeah, because it's actually 53 separate elections for each congressional district within the state. So each congressional district is going to send three delegates to Cleveland, Ohio, on the Republican side, by the way. I don't know if the Democrat rules are different. I, I think so. they probably are. I, th- I, I are think, though, okay. uh, again— Actually, I don't know if that's true. We're, we're, not, we're not partisan. The only reason we're talking specifically about the Republican rules is because I think— legitimately speaking. It's I, the one that kind of it's matters. The, it's the one that's really contested. Yeah, the, the Democrat yeah. convention is probably not going to be that contested, but right. the Republican one will be very hotly right. contested. And, and it's interesting because, you know, each congressional district will send three delegates to the Republican convention, and it doesn't actually matter how many Republicans live in a congressional district. So Nancy Pelosi's district probably has like three Republicans, like two of <laughs> two of whom are dogs. Yes. And um, they're going to send three delegates to Cleveland, Ohio, Whereas our district, which has a lot of Republicans in it, is also going to send three. It, so it's really crazy when it, you look at how, interesting how, how the system is set up. up. And again, we think that it's very important as an educational organization. We think it's important that all of our supporters be equipped to vote their values at the polls. And one of the only ways you can do that is by being properly registered. So, John, what's the last date that you can register in the state of California? I'd even say it's the only way you can do that, Jonathan. (laughs) I don't know that there is any one of many other ways. Anyway, the last day that you can register to vote is May 23rd. Now, for the June the June seventh primary seventh primary mm-hmm. election, so and, and there's a real important reason why. Some of you might say, "Oh, well, you know, no big deal." I, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm registered. Well, don't take it for granted. If you've moved, if maybe you just have forgotten if mm-hmm. you were registered, you have to go and register. And I right. want to give again an informational bit of information. For a long time, I personally As opposed to those other kinds of bits of information. Uh, that's anyway. right. I'm being mean. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I do. I do want to tell you. It, it's a. It's a key point. For a long time, I was actually registered as declined a state or no party preference. It's yeah. One of those positions. Um, I will say, in my personal capacity, 
I am a registered Republican. Now, the re <gasps> I know. Oh, sorry. But but the reason that's significant in California is California is a closed primary. You've right. probably heard a lot about this during the election season where only people who are registered with the party that is having a nomination they can only vote for candidates in that primary. Right. So if you if you are only registered as an independent, if you're like a conservative, but you say, oh, I hate the Republican Party, and then you don't register as a Republican, well, you now have no role in helping to select who will be your party's nominee. So you, so won't, let, be able, you won't be able to vote in the Republican primary unless you register as a Republican, and you won't be able to vote in the Democrat primary unless you register as a Democrat. There you go. This is, again, don't. Don't be horribly depressed showing up at the polls on June 7th and realizing, oops, I forgot to change my party registration. And, and if you're registered as an independent, it doesn't count. It's actually very funny. I don't know if you saw this story, John, uh, but apparently there is in California, we have the American Independent Party in the oh, state of California. Oh, yeah, which is like a different party from it, it's an actual party. actually being it, independent. It's it, an actual party. It, yeah. does, it doesn't mean, oh, yeah, I'm no party preference. It doesn't mean I'm declined to state. The American Independent Party, if you just click independent or you check independent on the box, it's, such as it's people like the... Demi Moore yeah, and yeah. several so it's, other people. It's just people. one of those like tiny little it's a super conservative like political parties that yeah. have like 12 people who yeah. are Well, to it. except in California because, because apparently so we don't read. Who, there's that, so many there's people who don't There's tens of thousands it. of people that are registered with that party thinking that they're actually <laughs> no party preference. So Whoops. I bring that up that if you were like me and you were at one party registration in the past and you'd like to be able to vote in this upcoming election, make sure you go check your registration before May 23rd. There you go. It's yeah going to be very, very crucial. So okay. uh, the, the one other thing we'll, again, remind you that you do have the ability to go and uh, vote on June 7th, but you also can start doing early voting. And I, I think you can actually start early voting by June or no. By like May something. May 9th, yeah, I May think 9th. is when it yeah. is. So, so right, right after Mother's Day, you can go and uh, start voting in this year's election. So we will have some 501c3 compatible voter guides so that you can go and vote according to your values. You can mm -hmm. see where the candidates stand. You can make an educated choice. You can share that information with your friends at church. But all of this means you have to be registered, and I would encourage you, go register your friends to vote, because this election in California in particular is going to be probably the most important. Now, it doesn't really count, because you and I are fairly young, but the most yeah. important in our lifetimes, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, I mean, it's just so—California is usually just so late in the process that yeah. it, it's, uh, things are already decided by this point. So I think, I think we talked about this with maybe on our last podcast, or certainly we talked about it with Jim Franklin on his radio show mm -hmm. today, but— this is really kind of like the the do or die moment for uh, all these different campaigns. Uh, yeah. June June seventh is the very last day. There is no primary after June seventh. Yeah. It's just going to the conventions after that. That's so it. If, if you if you don't get to the magic number, okay, big then, deal. Then so. a big contested convention or something. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I know uh, you've got to get home to a uh, a pregnant wife and a uh, adorable baby. Who is not acting adorable, <laughs> uh, apparently, as I'm learning via text message. So let, let's wrap up with a quick rundown of what's going on in Sacramento with some key legislation that we're following. Uh, the two key bills that we've really been focused on are SB 1146, the bad one, and SB 1457, the good one. So with 1146, this is the bill that narrows the kinds of exemptions that religious colleges and universities have from non-discrimination statutes. 
So uh, in employment or student admissions, if you're not a religious school, you can't discriminate on the basis of sex, on the basis of religion, on the basis of sexual orientation. Religious colleges and schools can for reasons such as if you're a Baptist university, you want to hire a Baptist to be the president of your university, so you kind of need to discriminate on the basis of religion. If you're a Christian school that does not believe gay marriage is right, you need to be able to discriminate in your hiring on the basis of sexual orientation so that you don't hire someone who is living in a gay marriage that is opposed to your biblical beliefs. Yep. So what SB 1146 does is it eliminates those exemptions for religious colleges and universities, It or, or rather it narrows them such that the only things that can have those exemptions are theology programs within religious colleges and universities or institutions like seminaries, like schools that train a religion's ministers. So we are very much opposed to this bill. We don't like it at all. Yep. And uh, it has been moving through committees. So it passed the Higher Education Committee. It passed the Judiciary Committee in spite of opposition that was organized by California Family Alliance, Mm -hmm. working with some of our friends at the California Catholic Conference, the Church-State Alliance. Church-State Council. The Church-State Council, which is uh, sponsored by the Seventh-day Adventists. Mm National Center for Law and Policy. National Center for Law Dean and Broyles, Policy. Dean Broyles, our good friend. Our buddy Dean Broyles. Uh, California Family Council and Alliance, where we sort of have an affiliation with the uh, Southern Baptist mm-hmm. Feder- Federation. California Cal- Southern Calif- Baptist Calif- Convention. California Southern Baptist Convention. So we represent uh, over 2,000 Southern Baptist churches all up and down the state. So That's right. we presented uh, testimony against the bill in the Judiciary Committee. It passed along party lines, and unfortunately, yeah. the Democrats have a huge majority <laughs> in every committee in Sacramento because they have such big majorities in yeah. both houses. So this is a really bad bill, and it's continuing to work its way, and uh, we're hopeful that it will be stopped at some point, probably mm-hmm. in the assembly. It's, it's looking. That's that's the goal, that's and the goal. Uh, we obviously will keep you apprised of key of information that's happening so. with this bill. So, but we do have one very good bit of news. Actually. We do, we do. The good bit of news is for SB one four five seven. SB fourteen fifty seven is the bill to allow released time religious education in public high schools. So, if you're a public high school student, this bill would allow you to participate. Uh, if you have a sponsoring religious organization that wants to provide this, um, off-campus religious instruction, the public high school doesn't help pay for it or anything, the sponsoring religious group pays for it, it's held off-campus, and you can receive elective credits that can go towards your high school graduation. So it's totally vetted by the Supreme Court, it's totally constitutional, and SB 1457, which allows this, uh, picked up a huge victory by passing out of the California Senate Education Committee. That's right. On a five to four vote. And Uh, and to clarify, we we were very grateful because this was not on party lines. No, it was not. There were three Democrats who uh, went across party. This bill was introduced by a Republican. It has has Democrat co-sponsors, though, in both the state assembly and the state Senate. Uh, But three Democrats uh, sort of departed from... Mm -hmm the opinion of the Democratic chair of that committee and voted in favor of the bill and allowed it to pass out of committee. So it will probably be going to the Senate, the floor of the state Senate, and uh, we're excited. and we're, we're really hopeful that this bill passes. So yeah. it's, it's a great bill, and it, it's nice for a change of pace in California. Yeah, to have, to a, actually, to have a W, you know. It, it is. And, and now this is not over yet. 
we no, are not. hoping and praying that the senators in the full body mm-hmm. will be as receptive to these arguments as the senators, the Democrats, were in the committee. So yeah. uh, keep it in your prayers for sure. We're yeah, just hoping and praying that it works out well. Yeah, it's uh, a little scary because the 800-pound gorilla in the room is the California Teachers Association, which uh, does not support it. But the bill has bipartisan support. It's a pretty reasonable thing. It's not going to harm the public schools in any way. So we really hope uh, that the senators sort of see that this is a pretty reasonable thing. Yep. You know, it's, it's common just, sense it's legislation. Totally, totally elective. Bipartisan support. Bipartisan support. Doesn't, you know, single out any one religious group or another. It's a very, very good piece of legislation. So, yeah. Well, right. I know uh, we're going to probably re- have a double header this week. We might we might even record a second episode towards the end of the week or certainly have something at the beginning of next week mm-hmm. on some of the other pro-life issues that are going on. But uh, for now, John, where can people find us online if they want to listen or donate or support us? Uh, go to californiafamily.org and go to the top right corner. There's a big red donate button. Please click it. <laughs> we sincerely appreciate your support, whether we it's do sincerely appreciate nonprofit support on behalf of the work we're doing at California Family Council, or there is, if you'd like to make a non-deductible gift, there's a there's an option there as well. Yes, yeah, so you could go to CaliforniaFamilyAlliance.org, and that's our 501c4 that can engage in more direct legislative lobbying activity. Uh, California Family Council is a little limited in terms of how much of that we can do. But uh, California Family Alliance is not so limited. So that's right. Feel free if you want to make sort of a more direct impact on state politics to uh, send a donation to CaliforniaFamilyAlliance.org. And at CaliforniaFamily.org, you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, all that social media jazz, and, and uh, make sure subscribe you subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Please go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating or at least a four-star rating. <laughs> Come on. Be generous. People. Give us a review, and we appreciate your help. But in the meantime, I'm Jonathan Keller. I'm John Girardi. Looking forward to seeing you again next time. <laughs>